When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Pluto. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Shmoda Rundown. Introducing first. What's up, Movie Tree Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown! My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as The Boat. Oh my god, you're my dream boat, for sure. Did you not get it that time? Let me do it again. Oh my god, you're my dream boat, for sure. And I'm always joined by a fine, a fit, a seductive, a sensual, a sexy, Frank Numbers Janish, aka West Coast Ray. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Oh. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm Thank feeling you. really good about those. Oh. I'm feeling those numbers. You know which one I like the most out of those three? What's that? She's like, oh, I'm feeling those numbers. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny, too, because I was watching this week's match, and I heard Roxy say it during Jeff's match, and I just, I can't help but think that now thousands, if not millions, of people will recognize that with me from this show. Thanks a lot, Roxy. I appreciate it. There you go. Exactly. She's getting you over, brother. That's right. Hey, um, we got a lot to talk about in the world of Mutri Schmodown. Had two really big epic encounters this week. Week one more so than the other. You had Jeff Schneider, the insider, going up against Mark Riley. And earlier in the week, William the Beast, Bibiani taking on Lightning, Liz Shannon Miller. Going to talk about all those. But I want to let the world know about something hilarious if they've never seen it before. Our man, Frank Jenga Janish, 
at one point hmm. on an undisclosed YouTube channel did the Hot Ones <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> it's true. I stumbled upon it again this week because I was watching something on Hot Ones. Uh-huh. And then you're popped up his suggestion so i watched it again it's hilarious the guy he was eating them with threw yeah. up <laughs> in the middle of the andrew. thing <laughs> andrew he didn't want to do that big part Andy. In, but i did so yeah he threw up during the thing it's hilarious and it all led to this frank and i want to ask you will you accept this rose no will you next week on this very show uh-huh. the schmodown rundown do something with me can you do the one chip challenge. Oh, you know it. The, the Pocky chip. You know so it. I got these just as like a, 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 a me to get ready for it. Yeah. It's going to be nuts. So I feel like we should do that either next week or the week after on the show. Yeah. I, uh, so, yeah, I did the, the, the hot ones challenge with my buddy. He got all the sauces. So we did that, recorded it. You know, I had different angles and all, trying to make it. Like the hot ones, it, it, it got close, but not. It, close. it was pretty good, right? Um, and by the way, um, funnily enough, that that video has been linked in the show notes for like every week since I did that video. So if you in did this it, show, yeah, yeah, I just leave it in there. <laughs> Same thing with your 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 book, uh, link to your book and stuff. So I just oh, I've just cool. been leaving them in the notes because the I just copy paste, copy paste, and just change you know the, the show description basically. <laughs> I just remember that. So, but then also a week. Ago two weeks now, I was in Seattle for a, for a buddy's uh, birthday, and he had one of the uh, the nuts, like the like the hot nuts challenge thing. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's like four or five different nuts, and each increase in severity. And I can't even tell you how horrific that experience was. Um, we did it late in late in the night. We had been you know um, having a good time drinking and eating. And my buddy's like, hey, remember, we're going to do this. So it was me, my buddy was on the birthday, and then the same guy who's in that video, Andrew, my friend Andrew, we all three, we did the the nut challenge thing, and it was god-awful. It was even worse than the Hot Wings, the Hot Ones challenge, by a mile. It was worse. So this chip is probably like a cinch. You know, it's, it's... You should look up some videos before you say that. <laughs> but we'll move on. We'll talk about yeah. the world that was in the movie trivia showdown. That's what people came here to see, came here to hear, came here to talk about. We appreciate all the comments, the likes, the shares, the subscribes to the channel that keeps this very fine, illustrious show on the very air that it is on. Um, Frank, I feel like, where do we start this week? Because there's so many different things that we could get into. I don't know exactly where we should start. Well, I, I think there's this narrative surrounding the 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 top three factions that are now just kind of taking turns at the top spot as these weeks go on as the tournament gets deeper because to start off this week Finstock Exchange was at the top and then Swag had their match Alicia Shannon Miller versus the Burks Bibiani you know so then they got three points there and now next week we're going to see corruption with Adam Collins go up against another quirky Merc in in uh, Tenderoni. What's his name? What's his real name, Brad? I can't. I can only think Brendan of the kid. Brendan Meyer, the Tenderoni Meyer, aka the fine young Tenderoni. You know, we've never called him the Kidderoni, just the Tenderoni. <gasps> Brendan the Kidderoni. Well, 
I mean, he is a kidaroni, but he is a tenderoni. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> right, right. Um, so him and Adams a really interesting matchup, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I, that, that's one that's like really hard to call because Adam, of course, has been playing lights out. And if you heard my uh, rant of some sort on coming up next this week with Jen Sturger and I, we discussed this match. And we also discussed Adam Collins' rise to the Rookie of the Year, almost. And it was him or Barbarian. And it, I still go back to it. There's the Deuces remix, Chris Brown featuring Kanye West and a myriad of other people. Kanye West, Chris Brown, maybe slightly polarizing, but that's nevertheless. Right. There's a s- lyric where Kanye says... Get your mind right, baby, or get your stuff together. You're going to be hot a little while. I'm going to be rich forever, right? And to me, I need to see, is Adam Collins going to be hot for a little while, or is he going to be rich forever? I don't know at this point. It's too short of a run. And sometimes we see this. I compared him to Jeremy Lin from the New York Knicks. A couple games looking like the next superstar. Then he fizzled out. Is he Jeremy Lin? Is he a franchise player? Right now, I can't say which. He Wow, to compare him to Lynn Sanity, I think, is sort of apt. But I think we all knew during that Lynn Sanity run that it was probably going to end at some point. It was probably going to end at some point. And then it did. Adam Collins, I know we haven't seen a whole lot of him. But I don't think this is going to end. Do I expect him to play at this level for the rest of his career? No, no one can. No one has, no one will. It's just one of these magical runs that you're on that a lot of the uh, more elite players have been on occasionally. Look at Dan Murrell, Ben Bateman, Bibiani. They've all gone in hot runs uh, within singles. I think Adam Collins is going to be in that conversation down the line as being one of the more elite players in this league. Now, it's too premature to, to already put him in that category that he's there right now. He's not. I'm not saying that. I just think from what we've seen, this isn't a flash in the pan. This isn't Lynn Sanity. This isn't a, a moment in time. I think he's he's here for the long haul. And if you saw him on backstage, you, you look how he's talking about the game and looking forward you know, in the game with Rachel Cushing and Ben Bateman. I think you saw, I think you saw a player who's really invested and know what he's talking about and knows how to play this game at a level that could very well make him very successful uh, from here on out. Let me ask you this about Adam Collins. Where is he based? I don't know. Somewhere in the woods. He's a coyote. I'm not entirely sure. Midwest, maybe? Well, and this is, I haven't even really thought about it. It just came to my brain right here. Like uh, Bob Hoskins in Hook Lightning has just struck my brain. Um... What happens when we go all back to studio? Fair. That's I'm fair just point. asking. Yeah, no, that's a fair point, 100%. I think because of this run, and even if it ends next week, it would be, I think, to the league's benefit to figure out a way to fly him out for matches. Because he's going, he's, he is going to win a lot if he continues to play. I think... And you also got to... You know, what kind of commitment can he actually make? That's something that he'll have to verbalize to the league, I think, at some point in terms of, look, if we're going to help you fly out and set up matches for you, we got we to gotta kind of know. We don't want to have another, for a lack of a better comparison, a Sam Witwer situation where he just gets bogged down in his own personal life and just can't commit. Um, mm. Especially if 
if Adam Collins is going to be in the running and competing for titles or, you know, at least a singles title. Uh, you don't want to get a guy who can't commit, be in the mix, and then have it kind of fall apart just because for some reason he can't make it out for a match because of personal reasons, which is 100% legit and, and no nothing against anybody who has that kind of situation. But, you know, like, it, it's... The way that the showdown has evolved, you got to put an actual real commitment to it if you're going to do it. And because, you know, this, this, at the end of the day, it's not just a trivia show. It's also a business, you know? So we got to take care of it and and make it legitimate. And that means having players who say they're going to play, who can play, show up and play. And if they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. It's a legitimate question that I think should be fully addressed at some point from Adam Collins to the league, not necessarily to us, but I think there'll be a conversation like, hey, what can you do? And then we'll just go from there. I think that that's right. I mean, to me, even if his ran, 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 run stops next week, like you said, he's a benefit to the league. Um, so we'll see. It's like, you know, crossing that bridge when we get here. There's been other players who've been in the upper echelon who've been out of towners. Paulo Yama, right. I think chief amongst them. Chance as well. Chance. Chance lives in a... Arizona that's closer than Hawaii, um, <laughs> right. but they figure a way to get there. So I think that it's a benefit. Now, before we move into the matches and, and more of the factions, I have one other thing that I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, and you might know where I'm going with this. Um, there was a conversation last week on SEN Live that in you and I's daily duties and busyness, actually missed initially. Yeah. So it wasn't last week. It was the week before that then. This is Saturday. Right. Right. Whenever it is. So it was the week prior. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the point is, there was a conversation that was had on SEN Live um, that was sparked and then a clip of our show played on the show um, regarding Ben Goddard. And uh, a lot of things were discussed and said. Mainly, Goddard telling you to keep his name out of his mouth. (laughs) Chiefly, that was said. I believe, although I didn't hear it, I couldn't find it for some reason, there was some mention of a Back to the Future match um, between he and I, which... No, I did hear that, yeah. You know, uh, you better be careful before you bark up a tree that you can't get down, you know what I mean? And then... And then there was a lot of conversation. Christian Harloff subsequently went on other podcasts um, that has to deal with the movie Trivia Schmodown and brought this topic up. Just what was your reaction to the reaction? <laughs> um, I certainly didn't think it was going to be brought up on SEN, SEN Live, or, or mm-hmm. you know, mentioned on some other other uh, fan-run after shows. Um, it, it's, I thought it was pretty fair. With the, it was it was it was more of a uh, I'm just wondering because I, I don't know based from where I sit and sure I haven't talked to Ben about it personally. Um, also, was that that part of that conversation wasn't even premeditated? Like we didn't go into that show saying, "Hey, this is what we're going to talk about." That just came up spontaneously, and so that's so I was it was like a stream of consciousness at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that came from. So that by all by any means was not even planned. And what I do think, as we were talking about it, and as as I was listening to that spot on SEN Live, um, 
I do think it's a legitimate question to ask, not just Ben Goddard, but any player, you know, um, because there are managers and players who are very competitive with this, and they look for other players and managers that are like-minded to help them achieve their goals in the showdown. And I think it's just plain as that. Um, certain people fall into certain categories, and that's fine. I, just, I was just wondering where Ben lies. Yeah, I didn't think there was anything accusatory or any kind. Um, it was just like, if it's not your main thing, that's understood. And then and then we won't... It's all. It's almost like... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, if it's not your main thing, then we'll judge you differently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's almost a curve to the test, in a way. And it was just like, if you're not going to devote 100, which I completely get. I, me of all people, I get it, right? I got 40 million things going on right now. So I understand if you can't 100% commit. But if, you're, but if not, you know, we just wanted to know. That's all. And right. here's the other thing. There was some other ridicule that I want to get past real oh, quick. Oh, boy. And I know we're 15 minutes in, so I'm going to make it snappy. <laughs> Winston. Rocks. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> Whoever else was on the panel. I just want to explain something real quick. You said, let me be frank. That's what I said, yes. yeah. I said, so long as I can be Dean or Sammy. Yeah. That was a joke about the Rat Pack. I was ridiculed for the joke. But I just want to explain one quick thing. So hold on right here. Just stay right oh, there, okay. Frank Janet. All right, this oh, is ought to be good. Cool. So he's getting up from oh, his mic. I don't know mic. if you can hear this. But... As I was making that joke, the reason it even came to me was because I was staring directly, I mean, perfect line of sight, at this. <laughs> this is a picture of, uh... okay, wow. Which yeah. is Frank Sinatra. This is a, a thin thing I bought in Austin, Texas a couple weeks ago at a, at a uh, antique store. And it's pictures of Frank Sinatra in the military. And I don't know why, but it was $10, and it attracted me. Hey. As you can see, I haven't put it up anywhere because I don't know what to do with it. But I was looking, I was looking at that, <laughs> and then I made my joke. So I don't yeah. want to be ridiculed. Anyway, we can move on, though, Frank. Okay. I'm sorry. I mean, it was uh, – I mean, look, look let's, let's face it. You've had better jokes, though. I mean, you have. <laughs> yeah. You have had better. You've done better. You know. Look, look. Because if you everything... notice, I had nowhere – I had no idea where to go with that, Brad. I really – I was like – uh, B. Did you not get the reference? I completely understood the reference, but it's like, wh where's, where do I go from there? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you want to whoever be whoever you want to be, Brad. Be whoever look, you want to be. Look, when Dave Chappelle <laughs> is on stage, does everything that he say just the most wise, brilliant line? Okay, does everything that he you says. Know what? Let's not go down this road. No. Okay. <laughs> That's all funny. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the matches that were. I want to talk about Lightning, Liz Shannon Miller, yes. and, and William the Beast Bibiani. Holy hell. Liz Shannon Miller, accompanied by Winston Marshall, has been on a roll. It's been crazy, man. I mean, from the Tank Girl pull, that was one thing. Mm -hmm. She so happened to have a cat named Tank Girl, and it all helped. It all came into play for her. 
This five-pointer. Yeah, five. This five-pointer. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I froze for a second. This five-pointer for the layman, meaning the average Jew, might have been an impossibility for a lot of people. Now, I happen to love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and I have several things about them memorized, including the years in which they were released. And I knew this one off the top. I did. However, it doesn't make it any less difficult. But yeah. before we even get there, what did you think of Liz and, Sh- and Bibbs' play up until that final round? Yeah, the first round, I mean, look, Bibbs, he's coming off a perfect, perfect match you know, against the Barbarian. Uh, he went 16 correct in that one. Uh, 16 of 16. He hits another perfect round in this match against Liz. Which I think, which I believe is his eleventh in his career, uh, mm-hmm. sixth time he's gotten the bonus. Uh, mm-hmm. It's incredible. I, I put out this stat last week after his match with the bit with Barbarian. Uh, the next closest player with perfect rounds eight for eight is Dan Merle with five. He, he maybe on has more than double than the next player who happens to be the greatest player of all time in Dan Merle. Uh, that is phenomenal, right? Liz here. She doesn't always, she always gets really close to the perfect first round. Eight for eight. Uh, Close again here. But a nine to seven advantage over uh, Liz by Bibbs is, uh, you know, is the best case scenario given how strong of a player Liz is. And so that meant Bibbs was going to have to be on the top of his game, which is nearly perfect in the first round when it comes to that. And I had said a couple weeks ago on the show that, you know, Liz has got to pick up her perfect her uh, her first round play because she's gonna play a player like Bibiani who's probably gonna go perfect. He did. She doesn't want to be too far behind if she can't match his pace. And she wasn't. She was in the reaching distance because when you're against Bibs, that's probably if you're not gonna go perfect in the first round, you better at least have seven because you can get into big hole quick. And she was able to avoid that for the most part. Then getting saddled with opponent's choice, getting hit with sports. I don't know about you, Brad. Though when once she said the Oakland A's. For me, I was like, she might be just like one of the biggest sports fans that that just unassumingly. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I was like, I think she's going to do really, really well in, in this round, and she did. Uh, she went four for four in that in that round, picked picked up uh, seven of the possible eight points. Just a great round from Liz, and I don't know if you're Bibiani, but you got to be kind of deflated that you gave someone a opponent's choice and they picked up seven out of eight points. Might as well have not even given them you know, uh, a sports or them landing on opponents. So, uh, Brad, I thought after this second round by Liz, no matter what Bibiani was going to do, I thought we were going to be in for a finish of the ages. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I I, I just felt it's so weird how Schmodan really is a sport because you can just feel the, the slight, slight momentum shifts, right? Like on Wednesday night's game with uh, the Heat and the um, the Lakers, I can't remember the player now. All of a sudden, his name escapes me. But he drained those two threes. Was it KCP? I think it was KCP. Maybe he drains those two threes in a row. Mm-hmm. And even though it was small, and 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 the Miami was still up. Yeah, you felt like there was just this weird shift, right? This weird motion. 
And this one had that slowly. It slowly started to reveal itself like a good magic trick. You finally saw where it was going to end. And when that magician revealed his hand and said, is this your card? You weren't completely shocked by the result. And that is what happened in this match. I'm I'm with you. On the sports, that's right where it was going, right? It was going down that sports road. And, and, And I saw what Liz was able to do when she was traveling down that sports road. And I was I was I was impressed. Yeah. Right? I was impressed. And I just when I saw that, I said, hmm, well, this might not be a layup here for Bibbs. This might be a really stiff challenge come the third quarter, right? Come the third round. Right. And I hate I hate to even bring this up. But then the old narrative starts coming in my head as I'm watching the match. And I was like, we're over this, right? <laughs> we're over the narrative. And we, we all know what I'm talking about. There was always a narrative that when when felt like he's in a corner slightly, right? Or felt like he's fighting with the back against the wall. Sometimes Bibbs in that third round will, even slightly by missing a two or something like that, will slightly give in to the pressure of the moment. Here's the thing. He's not alone. I do it all the time. I always give in to the pressure of the moment. Maybe I don't show it, but I always feel... Yeah, I mean, that Rat Pack joke totally gave in. You know, just... (laughs) See, 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 it's okay. It's okay. You got a $10 frame over there. You're good. Why don't you make like Peter Lawford... And everyone forget you. <laughs> um, see, that's a rat pack joke that kind of worked. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I just felt I felt like I said I felt that slight momentum yeah. shift, and 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 I started thinking about narratives, and and then for some reason I just really thought Liz was going to pull this one off. But then when I heard that five pointer, I wasn't sure. I, I I thought we were going overtime to tell you the truth because I I, yeah. I thought Bibbs, I thought they were both going to hit all three. You know their questions in the final mm. round. Um, really, I knew someone was going to slip on the nah, tight. I, I really felt like, yeah, Bibbs missed, but I, I felt, or I'm talking about like in the second round where he missed that horror question, um, and Liz got the steal. I mean, that's a huge uh, moment in the match to help get Liz to even going in that final round um, because you know Bibbs he got spinners. I mean, he got spinners and opponents in right. this in this match and. You can point towards how players are supposed to win those types of matches. And and for the most part, I do agree that if you've done your homework, you should give your opponent a category that they should not be good in or not as well versed in any other category on that wheel. Uh, the thing is, though, with Liz, there isn't a whole lot of tape on her play that, that gives a wide array of um, what she's good at or what she's not good at. I mean, you can kind of guess here and there, but also uh, also depends on the makeup of the wheel that day as well. So you got to kind of, you know, really have done your homework on Liz. And, you know, I haven't really scoured that, that wheel to see what else I would have given her. But, uh, you know, if that was the best available option, which it seems like they felt that it was, um, you know, she had other ideas, right? But Bibbs missing a question in horror on a spinner's Liz didn't give up any steal opportunities with opponents. You know, I still felt like Bibbs was 
because it was it was tied, it still felt like it was anyone's match. It could have been a little bit more in favor of Bibbs, sure, if things have gone the way that he would have wanted to with opponents and spinners being on your side. But I still felt like we were going to go to overtime and that Bibbs would pull it out in overtime because it's more of the same of the first round type of feel. And, you know, he bested her in that first round to begin with. He's one of the best, if not the best, first round type of player in the history of the game. So, of course, I thought he was going to win it in overtime. Um, but Liz's five-pointer, you're right. That That is a great movie release date question. That is a great movie release date question, whether it's yeah. two, three, or five. However, you know, when you formulate it like that, and, be, and to varying degrees for difficulty, sure. But huge, there's a ton of Caribbean movies, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, ton of Harry Potter movies. So it was a great, great question. And the fact that Liz didn't even use a repeat didn't use a repeat on that question. She pumped out that answer within the allotted 20 seconds they gave her for that that specific question. Impressive. Not even to, you know, we saw Barbarian have somewhat of a similar type of question with the Oscars, right? Having to juggle all these movies around. And he used all his repeats available to, you know, to solidify his answer. Liz, nah. Nah, she's just like, hey, uh, 2007. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was right. You know, it was impressive. And then Bibbs with his... Um, very gettable five pointer. You know, it's a tough, tough five pointer, but very gettable. So, mm-hmm. um, the conclusion of this match was <clears throat> was incredible. Uh, given how Liz was able to bounce back, face some adversity, hit all of her final round questions, and then you know, I don't want to say Bibbs choked on this one. I don't necess- not not in the third. I don't round, think that he choked. But, I don't think uh, he choked. You know, he's gonna look at that second round and, and say, man. <clears throat> what I could have, should have done in that one. And that's where I'd probably look more at that at that match. I think that was that's him. more fair than yeah. even what I initially said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, again, like the NBA's new slogan, it's a make-or-miss league. Yeah. And um, you miss one now, especially in, in this kind of competition, that that could write your death sentence, right? That, that could be the uh, the old last will and testament. Uh, as far as your gameplay goes, so and 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 we know how great these players are. Somebody is going to take advantage of it. It's really yeah. that first one to blink. It's a staring contest, and uh, Liz Shannon Miller pulled that one out. And the thing is, like I said, I love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but even I was like, okay, wait, uh, Order the Phoenix though. When did that? Co- oh wait, when did Goblet come out? Wait, which one was the fifth one? And I started doing that in my head, you know. Um, so anyway, great I mean, match she, yeah, by right. Liz. She didn't have to say the, the release year. She had to come up with the two titles of the movie. Right, 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 right. I got mm. that. It's around. There was the pirate. Yeah, 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 they said yeah, a pirates yeah. ca- the movie. So that's the hard know, part if, of the but, question. But, 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 yeah. but, but I will say if you knew one, right, you could probably f- start to figure out the yeah. other. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what would have been, you know, but those, and I think that's what she did. Also, those titles are so, can be so wordy, you know, so that's the real difficulty there as well finding which one of those wordy titles is the right one. Uh, yeah, that's which, how I saw which, it. Which is the best Harry Potter title and the best Pirates title? Uh, so I'm not, I'm not too – like, I am decently familiar with Pirates, but Harry Potter, I think um, – I do like if, – if it wasn't for Parts 1 and 2, I do like Deathly Hollows, though, you know, but because it's Deathly Hollows Part 1 and Deathly Hollows Part 2. If it was just Deathly Hollows, I, I, I'm more – I like Deathly Hollows a lot, that title, yeah. 
It's a good one. I think that Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's also my favorite Harry Potter movie. <laughs> but I, I was also thinking of that title as well. But Deathly Hallows. It was my favorite title, movie, and book. Okay. Of, of them all. Yeah. But I think the best pirates title isn't Curse of the Black Pearl. I as much as I think it's the best movie, Dead Men's Chest. It's good. That's the best one. I like Project Ed World's Caribbean, End. Dead that's, a, that's a that's a decent title too. Yeah, yeah. On Stranger Tides and then Dead Men Tell No. I mean, Tales. they're all pretty solid titles, but. They're all I good. Wish I could say for the movie, <laughs> but you know. Anyways, you know. But I also will um, say real quick too before we wrap this one up, uh, the implications of Liz winning here. Talk about it. So well, well, before actually before I get to Liz, the quirky marks they were starting. People are starting to think that they're going to make this run, and I've been saying they that, were still mathematically right uh, uh, eligible to, to take the victory, and they needed this win because let's say. Brendan Meyer, he beats Adam Collins. Now it's it's Merck against Merck. And I that's you know. So to even get to that situation before you get canceled out in the in the tournament, it was imperative that Bibbs win this. To hopefully see that Brendan Meyer wins his, because after that, they only have one player in the tournament. You know, that mm-hmm. one's going to the final. By Bibbs not winning this match, that hurts their chances dramatically. Um, because now there's another three possible four points that, you know, that they just can't get now with this with this loss here. They could have used these three these three points, so that's huge. And and I think that's kind of kind of put the kibosh on the the Mercs run at sniffing the top of the table. I just don't think that is going to happen. Um, even if Brendan Meyer runs a whole table and the witching power wins a whole thing, I mean, they literally have to win every single match that they're in from here on out, which would be incredible, but I don't think it's likely. For corruption yeah, I, I don't think it's likely. and swag, this is just the worst thing you could see if you're corruption. It's another swag member advancing. And for swag, now they're back at the top of the table. They were in third. Those three points put them on top of the Finsack Exchange and corruption. They're all separated separated by a point. Corruption next week has an opportunity to jump to the top spot again. And Finsack Exchange... They're sitting ducks until that team tournament because as we get to that Jeff Snyder and Riley match, this is it. They're done until that team tournament. Swag advances. Corruption. We'll see what they do next week with Adam Collins. Very, very interesting race that if Adam Collins loses next week, Swag is in prime position to really build a lead going into the team tournament and potentially sustaining that lead if final exam takes care of business. And then you have Chandru at least, at minimum, playing for the Intergeekdom title at Spectacular. You know, we'll see what happens the rest of these these two tournaments and where Swag could situate themselves in terms of Spectacular and whatnot. But, whew, Swag is going to be a big champion of the Mercs next week. Hopefully that they can take down, um, uh, what do you call it? Adam Collins. There you go. Yeah. The coyote. The coyote. The coyote. Yeah. Have you ever seen a coyote? All the time. I was working at uh, at O'Hare in Chicago. They had, like, coyotes on the runway and stuff. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought I was a cool because I, I thought I was a cool. I thought I was cool because I saw a bobcat once on the golf course. That's cool. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about the other match. Jeff Snyder was in action. Against Mark Riley. And you're normally the numbers man. I want to read you some numbers. Oh. Okay. 
That's what I want to do. All right. Interesting. I'm going to read. I'm a, The shoe, the proverbial shoe, is now on the other foot. Okay, you ready? You ready for the, these numbers I'm about to drop on you? Okay. Sixty-five and nine. Fifty and six. What are those numbers you might ask? Sixty-six and nine. That is former heavyweight champion of the world, Roy Jones Jr.'s record, right? 66 and 9. Incredible. Then 50 and 6, that is Iron Mike Tyson's professional boxing record. Still impressive. Although, Roy Jones might have won more matches, right? Although... Roy Jones might have been able to compete in multiple divisions, not just in heavyweight. If when these two meet, we know the outcome. It's going to be somebody who's maintained his greatness over years versus somebody who we might question. How is that applicable? When I saw this match happening, as crazy as it sounds, I saw this dynamic. I saw this parallel between that upcoming boxing event and this match. Jeff Snyder may have never held a singles championship. Jeff Snyder may be known as one of the great team players in his division. Jeff Snyder has taken some pretty bad losses. Some legendary losses at times, right? Right? But we always know he's a threat. No matter how little studying he does, no matter how active he is, we always know we have to take take Jeff Snyder seriously. And I hate to say it, Mark Riley has been competitive in multiple divisions. Sure, he's only won the title as a singles competitor. But we know with either Wolves of Steel or with who's the boss, the man can go. He's racked up many great wins in his career. But as was the case with Roy Jones, again, his chin started to get a little suspect. And I feel that Mark Riley's has now. So I knew that Jeff Snyder was walking away with the W. And that's what the numbers told. Wow. That's uh, not bad. It's pretty good. Thanks. You're impressed. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. What did you think of this match? What did you think going into it? I, I you thought was, Jeff was going to win. I, yeah, I did. I, I just like <clears> the way that he's playing right now. And, you know, I talked about how I think this kind of format benefits him and keeps him more locked in mentally. Um, I think we saw that again here with this match. He's just been playing really, really great. He missed one question last week against uh, Paul Yama. He missed none this week. I mean, yeah, he checked multiple choice a couple times there in the second round. Uh, picked up a huge two-point steal. Um, that's that's after he went 9-for-9, nine nine, right, in the first round, perfect round in the bonus. 
that two point steal was was the nail in the coffin, and you know I fell for Mark Riley in that spot because of, I think he got the actresses mixed up there. Um, it's a fairly easy question if you're really paying attention, and uh, or if you're maybe misheard it. I don't know what happened there for him exactly, but Jeff, man, he this. This like I think this really this format benefits him, and I just hope that once we get back to normal studio matches, that this can kind of carry over. It's not that I don't mm-hmm. want to see all the antics from Jeff Snyder. I just hope that he figures out how to manage it better because the, the Snyder that I'm seeing play right now, I, I think, is unlike any Snyder we've seen before at all. Going even back to his, pa- I mean, during his Patriot days was pretty close, but this I would say he's even better. I think this is He's best. better now than he was then. Yeah, this and is he the was really best good we've ever seen him play. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just he's a veteran of the game, A. And B, he's got Rocky in his corner, who I think can really sexy numbers center him, yes. Who can really center him and, and keep him focused, even in a digital format. So a lot of credit to both of them uh for figuring things out and and capitalizing. Uh, in these situations, because I, I don't, I don't know if if Jeff can go on a run like this without somebody in his corner like Roxy, because I don't think he could. If, you know, and and it's also needs to be said that he's really evolved with the game as well, because mm-hmm. you talk about how you don't like how he doesn't study. I don't. Players like that in today's game generally get left behind. Right, they're done. Right, they're done. Not the case for Jeff Snyder. Mm-mm. Not the case. So I think whether or not he's not even studying, if he's not, it's even more impressive. I'll tell you that. Um, but I, like I said, I think just by like osmosis, things he's doing, it's helping him. You know, we talked about this renaissance of Snyder. I mean, I think, look, here we go. This is the Snyder sense. Yeah, you're going to, you know, um, this is it. We're, we're in it now. I think we're in it now. Cause, because I think we are. Look, and then if he faces Ethan Irwin, oh, or even Tom, like, I want the rematch with Ethan Irwin for sure. Mm, because look mm, what he did against mm. Polyama, right? He kind of squeaked that one out, but he won. He won. And for him to get another rematch in this tournament, I think it, that's just a story I want to see. Tom and Snyder, I mean, that's a whole weird dynamic. I'm here for it as well, but... You know, It'd be fun. It would be fun, but man, be fun to see. But come on, like as as an audience member, as a fan, which match would you rather see? Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. I know people. Come love on, Tom. man. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we. I would. We. Oh, I wish you guys should do that on on um coming up next. Have a come on, man. You know, segment. A sound drop. Or of course. Or yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. You got to hit that question. Come on. Will you shut up? <laughs> um, yeah, man. No, I, I thought that Jeff, vintage, vintage Jeff. So the question is, okay, this is harsh. It's going to sound harsh. I love the guy, but it's harsh. Mark Riley isn't going to be a highly sought after free agent. Hmm. He's going to be in the regular draft. It just is what it is at this point. It just is what it is. He's on the bubble. It just for is. Me. He's on the he, like, he's on the bubble for me in terms of will he really not be in the draft? I think we really got to know. People really got to talk to him, whether it's other players and managers. Be like, yo, like, 
how do you envision yourself in the Schmodown next year? That's what I really want to know because he could go into management, let's say. It's possible if he wants mm-hmm. to go that route. I think he'd be a really good manager, to tell you the truth. He'd probably be fantastic. I think he'd be a great manager um, because he's also <clears> – <throat> He's also more. He's also a knowledgeable player. He would that would be a knowledgeable manager more than most. I think than the current crop of managers. Um, not exactly the same Levine level, but of the type. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he should go be a manager, but if he wants mm-hmm. to, I think he would be a really good one in the future if he so chooses. Because I think there is some truth that he could possibly find himself in the draft and. I don't if that's going to be a possibility. I think, in terms of legacy within the league, you avoid that and go the managerial route, or you retire. I don't want to see him retire. Me neither. But I also don't want to see a former two-time champion end up in the draft after you know uh, twenty-seven players have been picked already, and he's not one of the top twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Not a great look for a two-time, a former two-time singles champion, um, a guy who's gotten pretty close in the teams division. You know, uh, two title shots there, but that's going all the way back to 2018. Now um, we're going to 2021, but the way this league is developing, it might as well have not have ever happened in a sense. Not to take away any accomplishments, I'm not doing that, but I'm just saying, like, was he done lately? Um, it's a tough spot to be in for Riley, and, he, and he's been in a tough spot this whole year. Not just his play, but with his faction. So you bring all this play aspect into it. You know, uh, it can't be that much fun, to tell you the truth. No. <laughs> it can't be fun. <laughs> I don't know. I really feel it for can't Riley, be fun, I do, man. Because I, I can't figure this out. I, it, it's just, it's a really odd, it's just really odd. It's all odd to me. And, and... And the thing is, I just, I don't know if it's lack of ability or lack of commitment or, 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 I mean, commitment or just the game isn't the same game, right? Yeah. And some people just cannot adapt. I think that if Mark Riley wanted to, he could. It's not that I don't know that he doesn't want to or hasn't tried to adapt. I definitely think he has attempted that stuff. You listen to Ben Bateman. I think Ben Bateman and him, you know, there was definitely that going on. It just, it hasn't produced results, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to if you want to ultimately quantify that as successfully adapting, okay, that's how you look at it. And, and I'm not going to disagree with you that he hasn't produced results. Uh, but to say that he hasn't tried to adapt, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far because I think he has. It just hasn't produced results. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's a little bit too harsh. I just think that he's a draft piece, and I'm not even a first round one. No, uh, yeah, I think no, I think I think he he goes still in the first round, but it it depends. I don't know know. the way. Okay, you know, you know, you know what position he's in right now. Do you know who he is in uh in the league? He's Carmelo Anthony. Yes, a hundred percent. You're absolutely correct. He is that veteran type of player. Yeah, he's Carmelo Anthony, one of the best of all time scoring wise. Right, gonna go in the Hall of Fame, no doubt. Is, and the thing is, Carmelo came back this year 
as a part of the Trailblazers. They made a run. They were the AC in the playoffs. Sure, they got bounced out in the first round, but he was a valuable asset to that team. Uh, he wasn't with the Houston Rockets. He wasn't with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you start to think, okay, well, why is that? Maybe it was lack of motivation. Maybe it was lack of good uh, organization. Maybe the team wasn't making him better. Maybe he felt, well, I'm the fourth or fifth best member on this team currently with the Fence Stock Exchange. The, the, pre the eyes and attention isn't being put on me. It's being put on Ben. It's being put on Roca. It's being put on Dan Merle. Oh, wait, who's this barbarian guy? And maybe that has decreased his motivation. If he ends up in the right situation, Mark Riley could be a major asset. 100%. He just has to find that. And you know what? I know we're. I know it feels harsh what we're saying about Riley, but look, I think I should also remind ourselves that who got bounced in the first round for the Finsec Exchange, John Roca. Who got bounced in the second round for the Finsec Exchange, the Barbarian. Who lost their playing match, Sabrina Ramirez. Who won their first and second round match, Mark Riley. Right. That's true. That's a good point. So while I think he's on the, that's why I say I think he's on the bubble for being retained. But I'd certainly think he'd be drafted within the first round because he is a valuable asset. I mean, I think he's just a great, you know, he's one of those, he's a clubhouse type of guy. It's got to make sense. And it does have to make sense. You're right. There's not it's a whole lot that I can see him. Um, I could certainly see him with the usual suspects with Sam Levine and them. Mm -hmm. um, would he follow Ben Bateman? Very interesting. Because I I've, have this crazy theory that Bateman goes to the Drews takes it over, remolds it with Ken Knapsack in the background. I know Riley can get along. I know Riley has that has a history with Ben Bateman of some success. And if Barbarian comes I mean it's Finstock has changed light without Dan Merle and John Roca possibly. I don't know. But yeah, I don't <laughs> this offseason is gonna be bonkers. I don't even know. I don't even know where oh, to man. start. I can't wait for Frank to start dropping woes bombs. On Twitter, well, you, I mean, you should stuff. be dropping the bombs this this uh, this coming out season. Why? Yeah, I think that's because you got like you know you got all the contacts. They don't want to talk to me. I, I talk really bad about these players. They don't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to talk to me. I don't. Talk they're gonna look well at the DMs. And be like, look at this Joker. That's what they're gonna right. say. They talk well about him either. <laughs> um, so Jeff Snyder plays the winner of Ethan and Tom, right? Yes, right. That's right. If it's... Let me just ask you this. Who do you see out of our remaining players? So you have the kid and Collins. Mm -hmm. You have Liz, Snyder, Tom, Ethan. Who's in the tournament final? Oh, man. It's hard to... This is really tough. On, on that left side of the bracket. Because I do think Alan Collins is going to beat the kid. But can he I beat do. Liz? Uh, well, no, no, you know what? No, no, no. I need him to not beat the kid. Okay. I predicted the kid to win. And if he wins, his case for Rookie of the Year gets stronger, and I don't want to have that happen. Yeah, so, see, I think yeah. because if <clears throat> Adam Collins wins next week, it becomes real tough to deny Adam Collins. Well, at that still at that stage, though, it's still really, really close because I think Adam Collins has earned 11 points for his for corruption, where Barbarian has earned 13. So... If you're looking at the rookie race with that aspect in mind as well, Adam Collins would have to eventually earn more points for his faction than Barbarian did. Both guys have already eclipsed Ben Goddard. Um, so and I think the conversation should be around Adam Collins and Barbarian. I know 
Ben played in three divisions. I know Barbarians played in two divisions. But who's bringing the points to their faction, right? And right now, you say Barbarian and Adam Collins have done more than Goddard. That's just, that's just numbers. That's just facts. That's just sexy numbers, right? <laughs> so, who do I think is going to be in the final? God, I, I might, like, my gut wants to say Adam Collins, but my heart is also saying Liz Shannon Miller over Adam Collins. Because, man, I, I just think, as magical as Adam Collins is having a run for a rookie, I think there's something a little bit more magical that's going on with Liz. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just can't deny that. So I think she makes it, and then I would be a fool to say anybody else but Ethan Irwin from the right side. Yeah. But. I would love to see Jeff, given like, the way, pull and, this off. Yeah. But, you know, Ethan, man. And that's not to say I don't give Jeff a shot, because I definitely do. Oh, he because of the it. way he played him in the, in, the, in the start of the year. And if he gets him in a, in a, in a tournament setting, you know, I still think Jeff has a great shot at beating Ethan Irwin. While I, I still think I would favor Ethan Irwin. I still, you know, Ethan Irwin at the end of the day is going just knows more than Jeff Snyder. I don't think that's up for debate. I don't even think Jeff would even argue that he knows more than Ethan Irwin. I think he would say he's probably better at the game than Ethan Irwin. Although Jeff probably would say he knows more than Ethan Irwin, but no one would believe him. No. So but he would definitely say that. Yeah. Liz Shannon Miller and Ethan Irwin. Someone that he touted, like Master Apprentice sort of thing. Sort of not really, but like, like here's my friend that I said would be really good, and guess what? Now I got a player in the tournament final. That's a great story. That's another good I like story, it. You know? I like it. Ugh. It can happen. <sighs> it can happen, Frankie boy. We'll see. I think it's going to be uh, the fine, young, tender Roni. Give us some Roni, brother. Oh, yeah. And Ethan Irwin in the finals. Oof. I mean, I don't think we're at a, at a place. There's no where... wrong answer here. Yeah, there's no. That's what I'm. Yeah, there's no. Everyone's. It's all killer, no filler at this point. Yeah. So um, would it, would it I, not I, be just the weirdest thing though to see Tom win the whole thing because of it, like who his character is? Just like yeah, won it. Yeah, I won. Where's the I dead won. body? Does it, is, my de- is the dead body the belt? What? Like. <laughs> You know, that, you know it would be funny if he stole Barbarian's Elvis. Oh, wow. And he, because it's like a dead animal, and he thinks that that's the championship, and he's carrying around Elvis like it's the title. If we were doing scenes still, like in studios, like that totally could be a thing. <sighs> That'd, be a good one. That'd be a good one, man. Let's talk about the uh, team's bracket. I think you wanted to, to kind of forecast this, didn't you? No, it was actually the, the singles. Oh, the singles yeah, bracket. Which we kind of already done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Because sorry, I thought you were trying to forecast the teams one. I mean, yeah, we can. I just because I mean, well, honestly, there's a, a ton of pressure now on Funding Fathers. Now that Riley is out of the tournament, um, they don't get to play again. Like I said, till that tournament, and they got to run that thing. They got to. They got to run the thing, and they got to play for the team titles at the spectacular. Whoever it's against, Shazam or Corruption, it would be even crazier if it's against Corruption still, right? Um, because I'm sure. Uh, I really want to sit down and do the math, and I haven't yet, about where exactly, how tight this race could be, because it just feels mm-hmm. like while each the top three factions are within a point of each other, and just because you're in third spot, you can easily end up in first just because of how the points are awarded and, and what they're worth. Then you get to, then you get the spectacular where they're worth uh, four points. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very curious... 
how Finding Fox will respond to that situation. I mean, they were always going to be in a tough spot, whether or not Riley made it to the final or not. But because they lost Barbarian so quick, in a sense, and then, you know, Riley finally, you know, lost here, and Roka didn't give them anything. That's the real, that's the real um, issue that you can point towards if, and I hate to put it all on John, but like, because everybody else did contribute to something. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, John won early on in the year, but as the right. race got more heated, he ultimately did not contribute anything down the stretch, and, and that's got to eat out of him. You know, yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. First off, am I frozen on my end? Yeah, 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 on my end, I'm frozen too. I don't know why, okay, but um, we, we can just finish going like this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I do agree that the pressure's on, and really, Roca needs to be careful because he could find himself in the same kind of conversation that uh, Mark Riley is having himself found in very mm. easily and quickly. I still think he's probably like another full season away from that. But yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. But I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know why I'm frozen. I can't figure out how to fix it. So we're, we're almost at that one hour mark. So this is what I want to do, Frank Janish. Uh, Jen Sturger and I on coming up next. We had an interesting conversation. Which manager is going to have the most difficult time selecting which three members to offer those free agency contracts to? So my question to you is this. Answer that. So it's twofold here for me. One, right off the top of my head, it's Swag. Swag's going to have a real, Winston's going to have a real tough time. However, the caveat to that is what if deception wins the team title away from corruption or whoever has it. Now they're the champions for corruption. Adam Collins mm-hmm. and Marisol McKee. What if they're the team champions? You mean to tell me Shan's going to drop the team champions to retain Mike and Chance who are not champions? And Chance might be an intergeeking champion. But nonetheless, they won't be team champions. She's got Mike Kalinowski, Chance, Adam Collins, Marisol McKee, Laura Kelly. That's five players. Now, Kelly Doffel, you hold on to a Star Wars player. I, would, I wouldn't I would advise it. Not saying that I don't think she should keep Laura Kelly, because I like Laura Kelly on Corruption, but not advisable to keep a Star Wars player. But if Marisol McKee and Adam Collins are team champions by the end of the year, is she going to... You would think she holds on to those two and Mike and hope to God that Chance doesn't get swept up by somebody else, which will probably happen, given the fact they'll probably be near the top of the table... Um, or rather at the bottom of the draft order when it comes to that. So he's probably gone. Or if he's already, you know, picked up by somebody else, well, I mean, he would have to agree to that, so hopefully he wouldn't do that. But it's a tough situation if that were to happen. But right now, I think you know, you have to point towards swag as, I mean, you know, about Lish and Miller, Paul Yama, Chandru. I know I've heard that Ace would make it really difficult for Winston, Like I, even though I advise against I, I, I think so. I said that. I said that. I just think that he's too good. Yeah. You want someone like that on your team. It's fair. I know. And then like he also got Lon there. Um, so, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, got a, he's got a lot of thinking to do there. Um, that's going to be tough. And then those are probably the, those, two, those two teams, um, those two managers probably have the toughest decisions to make because – I think the members of the, the Finstock Exchange are going to make that decision for Dagnino. He ain't going to have to do a whole lot of thinking. He's just got to pick up whatever's left <laughs> the, way the way they're running this year. 
Yeah. Yeah, Dagnino's just going to have... He's going to have slim pickings, I think. I mean, unless it's Dan and John. But I'm not convinced that John is going to stay with with Bobby. I really am. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm not saying that I'd be surprised if he does. Yeah. I'm not convinced that he will. Right. The fact and that... I, I still yeah. think Winston has five or... Four or five. Mm-hmm. At least... I think five. At least five players that he needs to really consider and try to figure out. And um, if he gives up one, like if you give up a Paulo Yama, that's a franchise player you can build your whole team around. Yeah. That's two divisions, you know? yeah, right there. Maybe yeah, three if he plays, if he even dabbles with Intergeekum a little. And the thing is, the thing is that we fail to mention, they don't have to stay with any of these people. Right, it's true. And these people don't have to stay with them. That's right. It's a two-way street. But rather, everyone's a free agent. I will be interested when we get to that point of the movie Trevor Schmodown where people can be signed to contracts for multiple seasons. Hmm. Now, right when when we get to that, when we get to, I think I think, and you're the numbers guy, and maybe people in the comments could help me figure out how to do it. I think there's a way based on their statistics where you could assign value. Yeah, like assign a value to them, and then you have some sort of pseudo salary cap. So that you prevent a situation like the Finstock Exchange happening again where you have all that talent on one team. Sure. All that big headline talent. Yeah. You know, um, I think that if you look at win-loss percentage, their PPP, uh, or PPE, rather, and um, stuff in that regard, you could say, okay, you have 50 points to spend on a team. And then here are the values of each of these players in the draft. Rookies are always at a two, and then you know what I mean. Like, sure. there's a way you could assign that value, especially for veteran players, people who have at least one season under their belt. You can figure it out, and then we really see the parity in the league. You yeah. know, we see and it the, split and the ego's up more than ever. <laughs> and the ego, the ego, I'm worth ten bruised. points. What was you worth? Three. <laughs> Get out of here. Three. I'm a ten. <laughs> I don't sit numbers, down with man. the threes. If if eights if are higher, players. Let's be honest. If Schmodown players start walking around and saying that they're tens, we know they're liars. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that might be a good place to end it, though. Um, I do have one question for you, Brad. Yeah. Jeff Snyder's challenge against Riley. Good challenge, bad challenge. Mm. Should he have won it? Should he have not have won it? Bad challenge. Bad challenge. I'll tell you why. What's my favorite franchise? Uh, Back to the Future. Right. What's the second one called? Back to the Future Part 2. Right, Part 2. Mm-hmm. Does anyone ever say that, really? Back to the Future Part 2? Yeah, they say Back to the Future 2. Or they just say Part 2? I don't know. I say Back to the Future two. Part 2. <laughs> I say Back to the Future 2, mainly. Do you really? Even though I know it's Part 2, I say Back to the Future 2. Okay. Maybe. But I've heard it in answers, Back to the Future 2. Okay. At the Schmodown. I've heard it in answers. Back to the Future too. Oh, I don't want that. Okay, but I no, I'm almost certain. Okay, so for me, the part two versus two—that's like saying Godfather versus the Godfather. I don't know. Again, it's situational. In this one, I didn't think that he had it, but the rule really is the way of the wind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If it blows one way, it's the other. You know what I mean? So, because uh, I'm trying to think of the actual answer in the Kevin Smith's Chandru match that that the Chandru surrogates. challenged, yeah, surrogates, yeah, and the surrogates, surrogates versus yeah. the surrogates. It's a similar nitpick with this, right? 
Um, but for some reason, I'm more on Jeff Snyder's uh, against Jeff Snyder and on Mark Riley's side with this. What do mm-hmm. you think? Um, I thought it was a good challenge, and I thought he should have won the challenge because the title of the movie is The Godfather Part Two. It's not Godfather Two, not The Godfather, The Godfather Two. It's The mm-hmm. Godfather Part Two. That's the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. So. If I ask you for what's the name of the movie, the name of the movie is The Godfather Part 2. Mark Riley did not say that. Do I think he knows it's Godfather Part 2? Yeah. That's how it's been ruled in the past, but also to varying degrees, as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. While I think next year, you know, all, you know, Christian has stated that all precedents will be wiped out. So we'll start new ones. Um, but also, I think this is also in the rule book as well, it's, uh, it, pertaining to this type of situation. Mm-hmm. Because I think next year this answer should and would be allowed. But given the way that, you know, we've been judging it thus far, I think it was a good challenge. I think he should have won it. But And I and, and I think it's a good challenge because he's trying to maintain the TKO in that, in that scenario. So he wants to get the TKO. And so, yeah, you take a shot at it. And it really... Look, there's no other time to really challenge it or to use your challenge at that point because you're trying to go for the TKO. I mean, sure, you could say, oh, well, what if you got a really crazy five-pointer and came down to that, Jeff, and you blew it on that two-pointer and what, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure, but in the moment, I think it was a good call, and, you know, it didn't go for him. Riley got the point. Okay, cool, we'll move on. I'm not too upset about it. I'm not. I was like, eh, I think he should have won the challenge. Maybe he should have. Maybe he shouldn't. But the judges ruled what they ruled, and that is the way the old mop flop. Frank Janish, why let the people know where they can find you and follow you, my good sir? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FrankieJ29. But you guys already knew that. You guys already knew that. You knew that. All of you. you knew well, my name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as the Bo. Oh, my God. You're my dream Bo, for sure. And you can follow me at Brad Gilmore on all social medias. And uh, hopefully we have some crazy matches next week that will all make us say, Can I get a great Scott? Great Scott! <laughs> For Frank Janish, my name is the Bo Brad Gilmore. This is the Schmoodown. And we'll see you next week. The only show that matters. The only show that matters. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X dot com.